welcome to the Taney Love Church Podcast. Our desire is to gather, train, and send those who are called to the kingdom. We hope this message inspires, uplifts, and equips you to fulfill the call that God has placed in your life. Thanks again. God bless. So, I want to talk to you about something that's been on my heart for a while. It's something that I think is one of the keys to growth for for any any believer. Um, but I but I have I have just a couple questions or a, a one main question that I want to ask you. And, and I would actually like you to think about this. And I would actually like I would like you to respond. Um, but the question is this. Actually, let's do this real quick. Let me pray, and then we'll, we'll get into this. Uh, Father, I just ask you to help me this morning to, to speak exactly what it is that you want me to say. And my heart is so big on this subject, Lord, and I don't want to move too quickly. Father, I know that we have time. We have weeks and months if we need to, Father. But just give me the exact words to say this morning that it would be oracles and treasures from heaven, Father. Not Micah's understanding, but it would be word, and it would be from you. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so the question I have for you is this. Would you like the Lord to be invested in every aspect of your life? Would you like Him to make it personal? Okay. What, what I mean by that is that any, any area, any, in any area of your life, would you like the Lord to make it personal that He would be invested in it? In your relationships, in your job, in your finances, in your car, in your house, whatever, everything that you are, would you like the Lord to be personally invested in that aspect of your life? Okay. He desires to. He has a plan and purpose for your life. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and do, do what He asks you to do. But how do we, how do we come up in these areas? How do we increase in areas? How do we, how do we get to the place where we're right underneath where the Lord is? He's invested. He's helping. He's leading and guiding. And everything we put our hands to prospers. That's actually a scripture. How do we, get fr- how do we increase that percentage? And, and when I say how we, I want to be careful with that because it's not by your strength, but it's by His. But there is some things that we sh- need to do. Okay, does that make sense? It's, say it's not by my strength. It's by His. Now, we do have a responsibility to be obedient. And I want to I turn to a couple of scriptures here. Um, where do I want to go first? Let's go to... Yeah, let's go to Luke 16. Jesse, do we need to pull these up ahead or can you pull that up? Okay, awesome. Thank you, buddy. Luke 16. Um, There's a lot here. Basically, I'll I'll just kind of give a brief synopsis. You guys should read this later. But this is a parable that Jesus taught about a dishonest manager. Okay? So this manager managed this presumably rich guy's estate, and he was dishonest, right? It, it, It came forward 
that the man he heard that his manager was dishonest so he said go get all your books bring them to me i want you to give an account of your management and there's some story and stuff that goes on um basically what he did is he he was dishonest but he wanted he knew that he wasn't going he, he I'll, I'll just read this i'm sorry i i um he, he he said to himself after he heard he was supposed to give an account this is starting in verse three what shall i do since my master is taking the management away from me so he already knows that he's done a bad job the manager the guy's going to find out and he's going to lose his job i am not strong enough to dig and i am ashamed to beg so he's basically saying I only am good at one thing. And really, he's not even been that good at it. Like he's getting in trouble for the one thing he's done. And he said, I, I am, oh, I'm reading from the ESV too, if that helps you out, Jesse. So I meant to tell you that. Um, he said, I, I am not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. Basically, he said, I'm too proud to ask anyone for money and I'm not strong enough to dig. I don't have any skills. He said, so I have decided what to do. So when I am removed from the management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors, one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said, he said to him, quick, take your bill, write, write down 50. And he said to another, how much do you owe? He said, 100 measures of wheat. And he said, take your bill and write 80. Basically, what he was doing is he was going to the people that owed his master money and reducing their bill so to gain favor with them. Okay, He's using dishonest practices because he knows that when he's out of a job, he, he needs some, he's going to need some handouts. So when he's in a position of authority, he's handing out now. Now, it's not his. He's not being a good steward of it. He's, he's using dishonest, literally the title is the parable of the dishonest manager. He's using, he's using bad practices to gain favor with people, right? So down, down here, read the rest of this yourself. Um, but down around verse 10, one who is faithful is in very little will also be faithful in much. And one who is dishonest, dishonest in very little will also be dishonest in much. If then you have been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? And if you have not been faithful in who is another's, who will give you that which is of your own? Keep that in your mind, and let's go to Matthew 25, 14 through 13. We read this actually last time I was here with you guys two weeks ago. Uh, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. This is the parable of the talents. Um, starting at verse 14, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them his, his property to one he gave five talents, to one he gave two, to the other one, to each according to their ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once, traded with them and made five more. So he took five and he turned it to ten. So also the one who had two talents made, uh, made two talents more by the same way. But the one who had received the one talents went and dug in the ground and hid, it in, hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came to settle accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward bringing five talents more saying, Master, you delivered me five talents here and I have made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and say this word, faithful. Faithful servant, you have been faithful over a little. This sounds like what we were just reading. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master and he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two 
talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He's saying, enter into my joy. That's what he's saying, into the joy of your master. He also who had received one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you were to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I did not sow. You, he said, You know who I am. You know what I'm doing. He said, You should have at least taken it to the bank. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with at least interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has, everyone who, excuse me, for to everyone who has will, what? Oh, for everyone who has, more will be given. I'm sorry, I, I highlighted it and I must have like highlighted over the comma and I was just reading right through that. Um, and he will have an abundance. He will have abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cat and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, in the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want you to pair these two these two stories together here. Jesus Jesus taught. These are two parables that Jesus taught about faithfulness and about diligence. And so, the end of that passage in Luke. I want to point something out to you. Luke 16. Again, we're talking about the Lord investing in our lives. What I'm, what I'm going to be talking about, as I'm going to talk about over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about being a faithful servant. I'm talking about being diligent. Okay, That's kind of the, the overarching theme here, if that makes sense. But in verse 12, Luke 16, verse 12, it says, And if you have not been faithful... With that which is another man, who will give you that of your own? So I read the parable of the people with the talents. They were two of them were faithful with another man's things. The one who had five talents and the one who had two. They doubled what they were given. They were faithful with it. Okay, but here in the end of end of, end of uh, this passage here on sixteen twelve it says, and if you have been faithful with that which is another man's. If you have not been faithful with that which is another man's, who will give you that of your own? Okay, I'm going somewhere, I promise. If you're desiring to come up in an area, if you're desiring to be increased in an area, one of the key things to increase, and when I say increase, I don't want you just to think money, okay? I literally just taught four weeks on overcoming the mentality of these things okay so go back and listen i don't want you to just think the area of money i want you to think overall increase growth is directly correlated to faithfulness okay we've read here that that he says if you can be faithful with little you can be faithful with much so let's take the guy who had 10 talents now little is subjective right does that make sense little is subjective. If you own a jet and you need to fill it up with fuel, you're spending thousands of dollars to fill up fuel, okay? Now that might be little to someone who owns a jet. That's just filling the tank. Now, if you own a Prius and you want to fill a tank, even now, I doubt you'd hit a hundred bucks. The mentality is the same, you understand? So little is subjective. But you have to start somewhere. 
especially when it comes to the things of the Lord. We all have to start exactly where you are. But if you're hoping to come up in an area, if you're hoping to increase in an area, it is directly correlated to your diligence and your faithfulness. Okay? A lot of times we want to be able to do our own thing, but we haven't been faithful with someone else's thing. That makes sense? That's what this verse here is saying. If you've not been faithful with another man's things, how can you be faithful of that which is your own? Does that make sense? If you're desiring to have your own ability, if you're desiring to have freedom, if you're desiring to be an entrepreneur, if you're desiring just to be free, you faithfulness is required. Okay? So I worked for Panera. It was like the first job I got um, coming off of the ranch. Um, and uh, I started as a part-time employee for the, over the summer. And if I wanted to continue to have a job, I had to be diligent and faithful in that job. Now I was, uh, gosh, seven, 16, 17 maybe. Uh, first real job I'd ever had. Um, they kept me on because of my attitude, because of my worth ethic, because of my faithfulness. And I moved up to being a manager. And we had, I had kids. I, I used to manage the night shift, and I had kids, teenagers, high schoolers that would come in and work for me. And it was really hard to manage 16 and 17-year-olds because they're not invested in all. They just, they just, they're working for a paycheck. Okay, so they're, they're a lot, not everyone, but a lot of them were doing the minimum requirement to get paid. Okay, I clock in five minutes late. I clock out exactly on time. I do just what I'm supposed to do and nothing more. It's just a, it's just a mentality thing. I'm not saying everyone, but that was the majority, right? They were going to get what they were owed, but increase isn't going to come that way. When we work for other people, it's our job, first of all, Anything after you after you put on the name tag of Christian, you no longer are a representation of yourself. You're no longer repre representing just you; you're representing Jesus. So our job is to do whatever this book says that we're supposed to be and do. We're supposed to be and do. That's why I have the Holy Spirit. He gives us power. He gives us ability. But if you're if you're crying out to the Lord for more in an area, but you're not faith, you're showing up to work five minutes late. Okay. You're doing the bare minimum. You're not going above and beyond. Well, Micah, why should I go above and beyond? Because you're not doing it for the man. You're doing it as unto the Lord. Do you understand that, right? When you, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he, He's the one that you do things for now. He's the motivation behind everything. And you'll get ridiculed for this. I, I actually got, a, when I was promoted to manager, I was promoted to manager over someone who had been there for seven years. Okay? I'd only been there for two. They were there for seven. And they, they were very confident that they were going to get the management position. They did not. And I did. And they quit over it. Okay? Now, that only has to do with the Lord helping me to be an example of who I was supposed to be. Okay? And God put me in a position of influence and the store prospered because of it. We did great. We didn't have issues that we did. When I, when I, same thing happened when I worked for AT&T. It was the store literally quadrupled in sales over the course of two year, three years, 
And the only reason why there's a corporate AT&T store in Branson was because the retail store that my brother-in-law started to manage that I took over increased over the course of two years. Corporate AT&T did not want to be in this area because there was no money here. But when we got involved, it began to operate in faithfulness and diligence. We went from the store doing like, I don't, if you don't know this world, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's only selling like 40 phones in a month to well over 200. 230 was one of the largest months I ever had, okay? So we, it, the store was, tra- how do you come up, with, how do you quadruple your sales out of, out of thin air? The town's population didn't get bigger over that course of time. But what happened was is that we began to operate in diligence and faithfulness. There were discrepancies. We took care of them. We, we managed money well. We didn't, we didn't just, oh, well, the cash register's missing 20 bucks. They, they, have, they have hundreds of thousands of dollars. What's $20? It's, 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 it's hot, holding yourself to the Lord's standard at your place of work. Holding yourself to the Lord's standards at your place of ministry. Holding yourself to the Lord's standards of where he's called you to. This is also a really big thing when it comes to church. It's a huge thing. If, if God has called you to a place, then you need to be faithful and diligent and come up in that position that God has placed you in. Maybe you have a desire to minister yourself one day. Maybe you have a desire to have your own ministry one day, which is, which is great. I think a lot of people are called to ministry. Jesse's called to ministry. It just looks different than other people's. Does that make sense? Understand that when I say ministry, I'm not saying you're going to specifically have a pulpit and have a church. Okay? But how do you get to that position? You have to be faithful in what God has asked you to do. You have to be faithful in it. You have to be faithful in it. Being faithful in in what belongs to other people is like, that's the starting ground. Like, (laughs) Lord, give give me my own thing and I can show you how I can be faithful. Give me my own thing and I can show you how, how good, if it was mine, it would be perfect. Man, if this, was my, if this was my company, I'd run it this way. If it was my business, I'd do it this way. We wouldn't have these problems. If I owned this thing, it wouldn't be this way. If this was my car, if this was my vehicle, if this was my this, if this was my that, it would be better than what it is now. Well, why, why are you going to work harder for yourself if you're not, and not for them? Why are you going to be, when you start working for yourself, is that when you start doing things unto the Lord? Is that when it starts? So what's the change? If you're, if, if, oh, I own the thing now, so I'm going to work harder for it. Well, you were, you were working for the Lord before. It, that never changed. Ownership doesn't change anything spiritually. You understand that? Physical ownership changes nothing spiritually. The only thing it changes is your authority over it. But even then, if you're a position of management, you have authority that's been given to you. So why does your work ethic change? God, I just want to have my own thing. Lord, give me my own ministry. I know I could do a better job than these people. First off, that's a whole host of things you're doing wrong. You're getting into judgment. You're getting into pride, which all lead to bad places. Don't do that. Tell yourself to shut up. Tell yourself not to think of those things. Are, are you being faithful and diligent in every aspect of your life right now? Like if you were to just sit and take an account of things that you've been placed over, of places that you work, of things that you do from... Now, listen, I understand that there's people in this building who volunteer here. I, this is not me trying to say, 
y'all need to step up. If I thought you needed to step up, I would pull you aside, we would have a meeting, and I would say, hey, let's do things differently, okay? So, so I, this isn't me trying to manipulate people to volunteer to be better at what they're doing, okay? But it is so vitally important that we can approach things through diligence and faithfulness because that's when increase can come. I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for this ministry. It's going to involve other people. More people are going to be coming, but we're, we need to have things set up. We need to have faithful people diligently operating in the place that they're supposed to be in. And maybe it's just for a season. Maybe God has more for you. I truly believe that He does. But we have to be faithful in that which is another man's before we can, give in, before we can give, be given that which is our own. I didn't just become a Christian and then I was immediately a pastor. Does that make sense? I spent 13 years at Faith Life Church serving. And then after that, I spent three years at Homestead Worship Center serving. And then I became an associate pastor. And then I served another year and a half serving. And then I became a senior pastor. That's almost, math wasn't so good. I was close to 20 years, almost. Now, I'm not saying that's the proper year count. What I'm saying is the position I have now came on the backside of years of diligence and faithfulness, training that came with it. Maybe some people can get to that position faster. Maybe I just needed more time to learn and to grow, and I'm still growing and learning now. But now, now you understand, I, am fa- I am, have to be faithful and diligent to you. Like my, my job isn't for you to go, it's not like, okay, look at me yet. Tell me congratulations. I know I'm doing a great job. My job is to live, minister means servant. Minister means servant. I'm actually held to a higher accountability because of people that are underneath me than you are. You understand that, right? So I'm held to a higher standard, spiritually speaking. I didn't want it. That's not, I didn't wake up one day. Some people did. I did not wake up one day and say, man, I re- one day I really want to be a pastor. I barely wanted to do this in the beginning. Play and sing. That wasn't what I wanted to do at first. But then I began to get comfortable with that. And then I thought, I only want to do this. That's all I want to do. I want to sit behind the piano. I want to sing. I want to play. No one has to know my name. No one has to know who I am. I can just sit back there. But the Lord, because of the faithfulness and the diligence, He began to call me up and to call me up. And I'm not, again, I'm not bragging on how great I am. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God using someone who is faithful. The first time that I sang at Faith Life Church was this uh, special that they did. And they said, we want one girl to sing the first verse, the whole group sing the chorus. We want a boy to sing the second group. So like, okay, girls, who wants to do this first song? And like a bunch of girls raised their hand and like, okay, let's do tryouts. And then they said, okay, what boys want to sing? And no one raised their hand because it's all like really awkward, 13 to 17 year old. There's like seven of us. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't want to do that. Huh? I barely like wanted to talk to girls, let alone sing in front of them. You understand what I'm saying? And so... I was 13 or 14, and I was like, and I was just kind of annoyed with the situation. So I, I literally said, I, I can, I, I'll try. That's literally what I said. I wasn't even like, you know what? I'm going to do it. It's going to be good. No, it was like, listen, <laughs> no one's raised their hand, and we, we need to get things going. So I'm going to give it a shot. But just caveat, not going to be good. Like, low, whatever expectations you have, lower them, because that's probably where they need to be realistically. And they gave me the part because, again, I was the only one who was willing. 
understand that. I was the only one who said, okay. So they gave me the part. And then shortly after that, we started the youth group. And our first meeting as a youth group, uh, uh, my, my spiritual mother, Phyllis Moore, she said, okay, we need a worship band. Who here can play an instrument? And again, this guy raises his hand and goes, I can kind of play the piano, which was true. I just finished a few years of classical lessons, but classical piano and worship piano, they're, they're, they, some things the theory translates, but the style of playing is not really the same. I mean, at least in my experience, okay? And so she said, okay, you see that piano over there? I want you to play it in front of all these group of strangers. Again, so I go over there and I play the only thing that comes to my mind, which is Mary Has a Little Lamb. That's the first song I ever played in front of, I don't know, 40 people. And, and so then they said, okay, you're it. So it was me and these two girls who wanted to sing. That was our first band ever. And it was not good. <laughs> like, it, the Lord was in it because he saw our hearts. But I'm really thankful that there's no recording of those early days. I've heard some recordings of myself, and I purposely don't go back there. Maybe I should to thank the Lord of where he's brought me from. But again, it was only because I said, okay. That was it. I was faithful to every week to the best of my ability to show up and to screech on the microphone and fumble around the piano. I was able to do it. If you are blessed by anything that comes out of this vessel, it is not because Micah spends hours and hours and hours of his life practicing. It's because I spent a lot of my life being faithful to the gift that God was growing inside of me. Does that make sense? There are some people who are naturally gifted, who they wake up in the morning and it's just like, my goodness, you are a great singer. That was not me. That was not me. It was because I was faithful and obedient. And this is how we need to be in every aspect of our lives. This, this, me standing here, any word that has come out of my mouth that you guys think, wow, that's pretty good. That's thought provoking. Maybe that's some good advice. That's not Micah. Understand that, right? Like, if, if anyone says, well, you know, what do you think your pastor? You should say, man, the Lord really helps him because that's the truth. I don't need you bragging on me. I need you bragging on Jesus. You understand that, right? The Lord shows up every week. We have a great expectation to, to meet from the Lord because that's what happens. But if we, want, if we want to increase in areas, if we want to begin to be able to possess some of our own things, we have to be faithful. And that's, that's the proving ground being faithful in that which is another man's being faithful to take care of other people's things to, to to like the saying drive it like you stole it not a good saying okay the idea behind that is that you have no responsibility over it so you can do whatever you want right blow out the engine if you want to it's not yours what you should say is drive it like it's the lord's run it like it's the lord's operate it as if it's the lord's Operators, if he said, okay, I want you to come work for me and I want you to clean carpets. Ask, like as if the Lord himself hired you. Because that's who we're working unto. You understand that, right? Jesse said this morning is the, the, the second he started to acknowledge God and what he had been called to do, it, it, I mean, it dramatically increased. Dramatically. And now he has access to a place he would never be able to get to on his own power. That only came from him being faithful to do what the Lord told him to do. Have you ever heard of a gun ministry before? I might be saying it too plainly. You mean you shoot guns and you're a minister. That, those two things don't go together. Some people would tell you that. 
But now he has access to an area and a people that would never hear the gospel otherwise. Those people aren't exactly rushing to go to church. Does that make sense? I'm no, no fault on them. They're not exactly running to the pulpit. But because of, because of Jesse's faithfulness and his diligence to be obedient and to not just... I, I have hung out with Jesse in this area. He doesn't, he doesn't ta- do this casually. What I mean by that is Jesse is a fun and chill dude. When he's on the range, it's a, it's a different person. Okay? He, he, he holds himself to a high standard because of the call. Does that make sense? You all should actually go with him. It's a good example. I'm not just trying to brag on Jesse. I mean, I love him. He's my buddy. But, but you should go and understand that when you're doing something, you should do it as unto the Lord. Like if you, if you come in here and you vacuum carpets or you clean bathrooms or, or you sing on the stage or you set things up, don't do it because Micah asked you to. Do it as unto the Lord. If you're a greeter, you're greeting people into the Lord's house, right? If, if, you're, if you work in the parking lot, if you teach the kids, if you are just serving, if you just come, do it as unto the Lord. We have to change our mentality that we're just doing this for Micah and Becky because they need help. That's not why you're doing it. That's not why you're here. I know every single person that's in this building has told me specifically that God called them to be here. Now that means that God has something for you here. Right? Would you agree with that statement? And I, I, I can't tell you what that is. But God has something for you here. And, and your quickness and the ability to receive what that is going to be is your faithful and your, is going to be correlated to your faithfulness and your diligence. Does that make sense? God can talk and he will, but he desires us, he desires us to come up from where we are, to increase from faith to faith, right? To, to increase more so we have more access, so we have more ability, so we can do more for him in whatever capacity, whether that's owning your own business, whether that's running a shooting company, we get some minister to people. It's not just pulpit ministry. Understand that the fivefold ministry isn't, it's not isolated to these 10 square feet around this pulpit. It's, where, it's whatever field God has called you in. He said, be yoked together with me, right? That means he's in the field where you're supposed to be. And you need to go to that field and be connected with him. That's it. Is it a pulpit? Possibly. God wants spirit-filled billionaires. He wants spirit-filled entrepreneurs. He wants spirit-filled gun instructors. He wants spirit-filled carpet cleaners. He wants spirit-filled waiters. He wants spirit-filled baristas. He wants spirit-filled volunteers. He wants us to be exactly where we're supposed to be operating in faithfulness so we can come up from that place. If you can be faithful in that which belongs to another man, he knows that you can be faithful when it comes time for you to step up and take some responsibility and begin to lead. But you have to start in being faithful with that with with that which belongs to someone else. And I know people who have sat in the same job with the same bad attitude year after year, month after month, decade after decade, complaining, I just can't wait to retire. Why? What's in retirement? You think the monotony leaves when you get to retirement. This is why a lot of people who retire, there's actually a pretty high like suicide rate. It's actually scary high. 
for people who retire because they don't have purpose anymore. Listen, we have to, our purpose should be dedicated in where the Lord has asked us to be and what the Lord has asked us to do. And that's where, that's where motivation and purpose come from, is it comes from God. It can't, no man can give you purpose. I'll say that again. No man, no woman can give you purpose. It's not, they can employ you, but that's not your purpose. It might be a station. It might be a position, but it's not your purpose. You understand that? And if we can operate in faithfulness in the position that God has put us in, he can increase us and move us to be influential in our jobs. How Could you be more influ- influential as like just an hourly employee or as a manager? Could you be more influential as a manager or as a CEO or a CFO? Do you understand? Where can you be... He wants to, he will put us in positions where we need to be. Sometimes you might be more influential as an hourly worker because those are the people that need to be reached. Sometimes you'll be more influential as the owner, as a CFO, because those are the people who need to be reached. Our status, help me say this, Lord. The level in which we gauge our success cannot be tied to position. Does that make sense? It cannot be tied to the title behind your name. It can only be tied to what he says about you. Sometimes you need to be the warehouse worker. You need to do that. I've done it. So you can be a light to people. Sometimes that's where you're supposed to be. But it's, it, it has everything to do with faithfulness. Being faithful in the position that God has put you in. Being diligent to do whatever he's asked you to do. And doing it as, you're, as unto him. You're, you're, you're working, you're volunteering, you're sowing, you're, you're managing as unto the Lord. You may think you know different, but faithfulness is just as much you doing what the, what the manager has asked you to do than you knowing better. Does that make sense? It's doing the way the company has designed it to be done, even if you don't agree with it, because it's not yours. Faithfulness is going to the ministry, submitting where God has told you to go, and doing it the way that they said it should be done, because they're the ones that God put in charge. They're the ones that God put in control. And faithfulness and diligence comes from humbling ourselves, coming up underneath something, and doing it as unto the Father. It doesn't matter if you agree or not. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get this out and I'm trying not to ruffle feathers. It does not matter if you agree. It does not matter if you think it's right or wrong. If God has called you to a place. Sometimes it would make sense that God wants someone who is spirit filled and involved in a situation to bring light to something. But we're so upset because they, they do things unethical. They do things this way. I don't agree with this. And if it was me, I would do it this way. Or I don't think it should be done that way. First off, stop and shut your mouth. Has God called you there? Yes or no? That's the first question you need to ask. Has God called you to be in that place? Yes or no? I don't want, any, I don't want you to say anything else. Yeah, but. Don't give me a but. Yes or no. Has God called you there? Whether it's a job, whether it's a ministry, whether it's a position, has God called you there? If the answer is yes, then don't talk about anything else. Yes, I'm called to be here. 
Okay, great. Now you know your purpose. Now you know the position that God has put you in. How can you operate in faithfulness within that position? And when something comes up, well, I just don't know that I would do it that way. Stop. Shut. Quiet. You're not helping anything. In fact, you're slowing down your own progression. Does that make sense? You're, you're, you're getting yourself into pride, which God says he resists you. Would you like God to physically, Ben, stand up. Come towards me, okay? As hard as you can, come towards me. As hard as you can. Come on, okay? (laughs) Okay. Do you want God to do that to you? If this wall is the promise, and Ben's trying to get to the promise, and God is literally physically, do you want God to resist you like I resisted Ben? then shut your mouth, okay? Just just quiet. Understand that God has called you to a position and figure out how to be faithful in that position. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not, your, it's not your potato. It's not, it's not your thing. It's not yours. The word says, how can you have your own if you can't be faithful with another's? How? How can you have your own thing? If you... Luke 16, verse 12, and if you have not been faithful with that which is another's, who is going to give you your own? Who? The implication is no one. You're not going to get your own because you can't even do that which belongs to another person's. Our our job is to be faithful and diligent in the position that the Lord has called us to be in. And we overthink it and we make excuses for walking away and we make excuses for, for walking in or, or disagreeing or fighting or, or, or whatever. And we, and, we, and we get into self-righteousness because we think, well, I have scripture. Listen, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying do anything against the scripture. I'm not saying that. But most times you're, 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 you're leaving because of offense. I've, I've never actually had a conversation with someone who's, who's talked about one of these things with me, and it never boiled down to offense. It, it never not boiled down to offense? Does that make sense? Okay. I, I, I talk to a lot of people. And there have been people who, who say, we really feel like we're supposed to come to your church. And I go into that back office, and I sit them down, and I have a real conversation. I say, okay, well, tell me, you know, how does your pastor feel about your coming? Well, they don't really know. Well, why don't they really know? And then we get a whole host of situations. Sometimes it's, yeah, my pastors know. We've had a conversation. They're excited. Great. Come on. I, I agree. I concur. Uh, you're supposed to be here. But sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll start talking about this, and I'll never see them again. More, more times than not, I've had, I mean, I'm talking heartfelt, we're, we're, we're connected with what you're doing, we know God has called us here, we're supposed to do this thing, well, tell me about the church, well, we this, and because of this, and blah, 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 well, were you faithful, and then I never see them again. Never. I'm, I'm talking, it's happened several times, half a dozen or so. I'm talking, I mean, passionate, we're coming, we're excited, well, what, what did you do at your, the church you came from? Well, I was part of this, but I didn't like the way they did that. And so we just decided to sit. And then they said this one thing and they started talking about money and how I'm supposed to raise my kids. And I don't necessarily agree with that. And so, you know, we just feel like we're supposed to be, you know, we just feel like we're supposed to transition. Did the Lord tell you to transition? Okay. I realize 
that I'm probably ruffling some feathers, but that's what feathers are good for. They're good for ruffling. I, I, I just, I'm asking you to be as simply minded as possible and understand that what I am speaking is scripture. One, the Holy Spirit will never t- contradict the word, ever. The Holy Spirit will never contradict the word. If you hear the Holy Spirit say something that is contradictory, I would ask him to clarify. And if he can't, it's a spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit, okay? Something else is trying to influence you. If you ever make a decision out of offense or out of hurt and not out of peace and under the direction of the Lord, you're probably taking a step too quickly. You're probably stepping out of a position where God is ready to bring promotion through your faithfulness and diligence, and the enemy knows this, so he puts you in the offense so you can walk away before you walk into the fulfillment of what God has called you to be and do. I've had this thing in my heart. I know I'm supposed to be a part of this. I know I'm supposed to go, but I, it just seems like no one appreciates me. It just seems like every, every place I go and volunteer, they just want me to clean toilets. Yeah, maybe because you were supposed to learn something cleaning toilets that you haven't learned. Becky, Becky will tell you this. She, she, went, she went job after job after job where it was almost like she worked for the same crazy boss. Every job, she, even when she changed, changed jobs, changed type of jobs, changed careers, it was almost like she worked for the same crazy, schizophrenic, bipolar boss every time. And finally, she realized, maybe I'm supposed to learn something and not just run away from where I'm uncomfortable. And she began to submit herself through diligence to what God has asked her to do. And when she did, she, she was able to be, leave that job the way God wanted her to leave. Every ministry that I have transferred to and from has been underneath the, un, underneath the eldership of the ministry that I've been under. You understand? I didn't just step out and say, I want to start my own church. I went to my previous pastors and say, okay, this is what I feel like God is wanting me to do. I went to the new pastors and said, this is what I feel like God's wanting to do. We all had a big conversation about it. Everyone agreed. And then I went. Because I want to, you have to be faithful at every step of the way. It's what brings protection. Understand, this isn't just motivation so that you can be increased. There's protection that covers you for things. If, if, if people come to the, people who have come to this church, I've had a conversation with and I said, okay, if you feel like you're supposed to come, you need to go talk to your leadership at the previous church. And if you're part of anything, finish it. And if that means it's six months, so be it. Do you know why? I don't, I want them to be where God wants them to be. And if they've committed themselves to do something, they need to be faithful to the thing that they committed themselves to. Did I need them immediately? Yes. Absolutely. I'm coming in in the morning and setting everything up. Becky's doing kids. She's doing worship. Like we needed people. But need does not justify the call. You understand? And I'm still going to be here. The Lord can still move. They, you need to be faithful to complete each and every step and position that God has put you in. And even if you stay a little bit longer than you think you need to, you dang well better be sure you've completed what God has asked you to do. To be faithful with it. To be faithful with it, to, to, to push and to get over it. And you, it's, it's a mindset thing. It's, it's a mindset where you think, I just don't know if I can take it anymore. I, 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 can, I, could, I, would, I would put a lot of money on the fact that if that's how you're feeling, you're pretty close. You're pretty close to where God wants you to be. In fact, most of the times, if you're freaking out on your flesh and in your mind, you're probably exactly where you're supposed to be. 
you're probably, you're probably right where you're supposed to be because your flesh is freaking out. Now, as I'm not, I don't want, I don't want you to feel bad if you've made some decisions. I don't want you to feel bad if you've made some transitions or maybe you quit a two job, uh, quit a job too early or you took a job you weren't supposed to have. There's grace and mercy for your lives. Just go back and reflect. Ask the Lord, okay, Lord, where am I supposed to be? The, here's, here's purpose is like such a powerful thing. Raise your hand if you want to have purpose in your life. Like I'm saying so much confidence that you know that you know that you know you're exactly what you're supposed to do, doing the thing that God designed you to do. It's not work then. Sometimes it's hard, but it's not work. It's enjoyment. I, I, I believe that that's what people, I believe that's why we have so much issues with identity in our world. It's why we have so many issues with depression, with, issues, with mental illness, because people desire purpose. I actually was listening to, to an interview with someone who had, who had thought that they were supposed to be one gender and then they weren't and they started transferring and then they didn't and then they transferred back. And it was literally like four or five years of just depression and hurt and pain. And no matter what they did, they never felt like themselves. No matter what they did. Even transferring back to the way that God designed them. It still, it, they felt better, but they still didn't feel great. The Word says that, that a people without a vision will perish. You, you don't get to dictate your vision. You don't get to dictate your purpose. There are gifts and there's things that God has put inside of you that you feel passionate about. I'm talking like when you start thinking about the opportunity to do them and excitement grows. And God wants you to be in that position. He wants you to have that job. He wants you to have that business. He wants you to have that place. He wants you to have that ministry. But you're not ready for it now. I understand I'm not beating you up. You're just not ready for it yet. And you need to stay where you're at and be faithful. It, we talked about it this morning. Proverbs says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And who will direct your path? He will. Okay. Are we convinced to say that God wants to do good things for me and not bad? Can you raise your hand and agree with that statement? Do you believe like what it says in Jeremiah, that, that God has a purpose and plan for your life. Do you agree that he does? Yeah, right? Okay. Where's the hang-up then? Like, like, do you actually trust that he will direct your path to walk into that purpose? Would you believe that he would do that? Where's the hang-up? Why are we seeing large swaths of Christians just get into, to, to, to get into like complacency? Why are seeing large, large swaths of people with, I mean, depression isn't, isn't like a in the world thing. It's, a, it's in the church. Massively. Massively. And the pressure that we put on ourselves to perform or, or to be in a position is, it's so, it's so crazy. I mean, I'm talking like so much pressure, so much frustration, so much hurt. In, in the church. In, not, I'm not saying in the world. I'm saying here. 
because we have these desires to do more, to be more. And if the enemy can get us focused on ourselves as opposed to focused in, in the place that God has put us, he will stop the growth that God has for our lives because we begin to look inward instead of upward. And you can freak out what I'm about to say. That's fine. It is a form of self-worship. Your God has become yourself because you're doing what you feel. I don't agree with this. I do agree with that. They hurt my feelings with this. They did that. They said this. They said, and I simply don't agree. Okay. Did God call you? Did God say? Think about this. When the devil tempted Eve, how did he do it? He said, did God really say? He attacked the purpose. He attacked the word. And he does it. He's been doing it for thousands of years. This is how he messes with people. Is that, did he really call you here? Are you really supposed to be doing that? Don't you think you should have been promoted by now? Don't you think, that, shouldn't you own this thing? What do you just, you, you, there's only two employees here? You work where? Are you really, don't you think you should, don't you, don't you deserve better? Don't you, don't you deserve more? You know better than that minister. You've read more scripture than he has. You should be leading that Bible school class. You should speak up. You shouldn't be cleaning toilets. You should be doing worship. Did he really say this? Should you really be doing that? Any of this sound familiar? Just me? Okay, I'm just preaching to myself then. This is how the enemy gets you out of the position of faithfulness and he renders your growth. He stops it because you begin to look. Yeah, you know what? He's right. He, yeah, yeah. I scrubbed so many dang toilets over my eyes. I, don't, I should not be scrubbing toilets anymore. I should be upgraded to vacuum or I shouldn't be scrubbing any toilets. Yeah. I know how, I've been singing way longer than that guy. I should be leading worship. I, I went to seminary. I have degrees. I know I should be, that guy, what, they, what, an online school, what did he get? No, I should be leading that church. I should be leading that class. I realize that we're laughing, which I'm glad. It's good. It's good to be funny and flowy. It's fine. It's nice. But these are real things. This is a, this is, these are all things that I've heard or thought myself, okay? I'll tell myself. I don't mind. But we have to be faithful and diligent in the position that God has put us in. And you stay there, and you stay there, and you stay there. And when you're done being there, you stay there, and you stay there, and you stay there until he says move. Until he says go. Until he brings you up. Uh, last year during Spirit Wind that we had here, Rick Johnson taught a message called Stay in Your Lane. It's actually on the Greater Than Podcast. You should go listen to it. It's similar to what I'm talking about. He has called you for a purpose. He has called you for a plan. You want to get to the finish line, but you have to get through the first lap first. You understand? And a lot of times those first couple laps, those first couple portions, you're going to be doing it underneath someone else. You're going to be doing it for someone else. Because if you can be faithful with little, you will and can be faithful with much. What time is it? Oh, you guys are fun. Ben, why don't you come up? It's only five after. Really, 
I was in Ohio, so for me it's one. So really, like, if I can do it, you guys can do it. Does this make sense, what I'm saying? I realize that this is, like, a sobering word, and it, like, it kind of, like, it's like running a cheese grater against your spirit a little bit. But that's okay. If you don't agree with it, that's fine. Find some scriptures, put them in context, and come have a conversation with me. I don't, I don't know everything. Don't just take my word for it. Seek, seek it out in the scripture. But what, what, what I'm telling you is, is the enemy does not want you to increase. He does not want you to be promoted. He does not want you to move to the next thing. He wants to hinder all the plans that God has for you in the future. He wants to render them completely useless. And he will do that by getting you out of position now. By getting you out of faithfulness, by getting you out of diligence. The, the protection, the hope, the call, the joy that is in faithful obedience is, is, is worth any amount in the world. I'll give you one last story and then we can be done. In 2020, 2021, right on the tail end of COVID, crazy, crazy story. I don't even know. I'll be, I'll be quick with this one. The Lord had called us to something that we thought was going to be our promised land, but it ended up being literally almost hell on earth, okay? Okay? It was awful. Some of you, some of you know more details of the story. We were supposed to move onto this property to be tenants, to live there, to run it, okay? This Wagyu beef farm. And when we were getting ready to move, it was right at the beginning of COVID. They said, we're not ready for you, but we had already set our house up to rent. And the Lord said to rent our house out for $300 less than what I owed on it every month. So I was paying half of their rent almost, okay? And then I wasn't allowed to move onto the property, but they moved into the rental house. So I moved into the basement of my whole family, moved into the basement of my sister and brother-in-law's house. So submitting underneath them. Thankfully, they're amazing, wonderful people. Finally, four months, what was supposed to be three or four weeks, turned into four months. We move onto property and they had hired someone else to do the thing that I was supposed to do. So now it's like confusing. And now I'm running his sanitization company. So I'm going into places that had confirmed cases of COVID in full hazmat gear, like at three o'clock in the morning and like scrubbing things and cleaning them and working crazy hours. Hours. the guy has an issue he has a demonic attack he literally tries to take my life tries to kill me crazy attack stuff and I'm standing in the kitchen of this house and our world is literally on fire and Becky said Micah I don't know how much longer we can do this and I said baby I'm with you I don't know how much longer either and we were getting kind of desperate and the Holy Spirit said to my heart he said Micah you are exactly where you're supposed to be at the exact time that you're supposed to be there and he said one of the most powerful statements he's ever said to me. He said, so many Christians cannot say that statement with confidence because they've walked away too early. He said, rest in the fact that you're exactly where you're supposed to be at the exact time you're supposed to be there. In a matter of weeks, we were out of that situation. We're given six acres of property with a guest house on it. I went from having nothing to having more than I've ever had in my life because we were diligent to stay even when it sucked. Okay? Have you ever had someone try to kill you before? It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. I, I realize that sounds a little bit dramatic, but he had his arms around me and he said he was going to kill me. So I don't know how else to tell you what his plans were. Okay? I can only go by what he was telling me. Okay? There was, he, I, I love the man. I have no hard feelings against him. It was a demonic attack on his life, and they, he tried to take me out in the process. But because we stayed and were faithful to do and be in the position that he put us in, we now have six acres of beautiful property of our own. We've got a beautiful house with a 30 by 40 garage. We have a guest house on there that ministers come, and we get to sow in them constantly. I went from a bad situation to a great situation. You know what Micah did? I stayed. That's all that I did. 
I stayed where God told me to stay. If you have desires and you feel like God's called you something greater than where you are right now, the truth is he probably has, but that doesn't mean you need to leave your current position. You stay, you stay, you stay until he says move on. You understand? One amen? Okay, let's stand up. Jenna, will you come up? I want to sing Trust You after this. Father, I thank you so much for this word this morning. I just ask that you would continue to talk to us about being faithful, showing us how we can do this better, showing how, how we could increase, Father. And if there's been an area in our lives where we have been complaining, where we have been frustrated, where we have gotten complacent, Lord, we repent. We, we endeavor to change and turn from that bad mentality, that bad thought life, Help us to be excited and to be confident and to stay in that position and be faithful until you call us out of it. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to say happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there. Um, be excited about your opportunity to be a dad. You get to be a representation of who God is to people around you. Please go and have a good day. If you have a dad on this earth, call them, tell them you love them. Even if you don't have a good relationship with them, it's a good time to start one. It's a good time to say thank you. Even if they were bad, you're still healed because of them, right? Even if they weren't good, you still exist because of them. If it wasn't for him, you wouldn't be here. So it's a good time to start a relationship, amen? We're going to sing this so you can be dismissed. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tandy Love Church podcast. For more information, visit us online at www.tannylovechurch.com and also check us out on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Tandy Love Church.